This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Have you recently traveled out of the country? When you returned, did customs officials inspect your phone or your laptop? Well, if so, the federal government may have copied your data, like your photos, your contacts, and texts, into a massive database. We recently learned that U.S. Customs and Border Protection is collecting data from about 10,000 devices each year. Officials can access that information without a warrant, and it stays on file for 15 years. It's just one of the ways the U.S. government is surveilling Americans, and one that I certainly was not aware of. Were you? Well, joining us now with more details on the program and what you can do to protect your privacy is Washington Post technology writer Tatum Hunter. Welcome back to Reset, Tatum. Thanks for having me. Customs and Border Protection conducted 37,000 searches of devices over a 12-month period that ended in October of last year. Now, it's important to note that 179 million people passed through U.S. ports of entry that year. So we are talking about a small fraction here. Still, privacy advocates are concerned, right, Tatum? Yeah, I think that because officers only need suspicion of a national security threat to perform what they call an advanced search, uh, where they can copy the contents of your device, it's, it's unclear, you know, what, what that constitutes. So it kind of feels, um, as one privacy expert put it, that um, Americans from any walk of life could be affected by this. And what kind of data is U.S. Customs collecting? So Customs and Border Patrol um, reported that this data includes text messages, photos, contacts, anything that's stored or cached on your device um, is kind of fair game in this case. Yeah. And what about data that's in a cloud? So officers are supposed to flip your device into airplane mode before they perform any searches. That prevents it from, you know, pulling data that an app like Facebook or Gmail would send to the cloud. Um, If you find yourself in this situation, it's totally okay and advised to ask, is my device in airplane mode or even to flip it on beforehand. Mm -hmm. And this sounds a little scary, Tatum, but I do want to be clear for our listeners this isn't that routine step of going through security at the airport, right? through TSA, right? So why would someone's electronic device data be in a position in the first place to be copied and stored when they're reentering the country and going through customs? So it could be um, it could be because your name appears on some sort of you know government list of people to watch, but it could also be because you're selected for a random search. And the criteria for those, according to privacy advocates, is currently super unclear. So um, it sounds scary because it is kind of scary. Um, If if you're you know the average person who says, well, you know, I have not committed a crime, I don't have anything to worry about, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a good thing. But all of us have parts of our lives that we would rather not have sitting on a government database, whether that's sensitive photos, information about our finances or health, or anything anything else that you don't want to share. And as you talk about the the finance records and your sensitive photos, to what extent are they digging through? So I, you know, I get kind of anxious when someone's just over my shoulder and I'm trying to send a text message, much less someone having my phone in their full possession and being able to just go through it. Absolutely. So I think that when people are deciding, uh, for lack of a better term, how freaked out to be, it's important to assess your risk. If you're someone who is a political dissident, a human rights activist, a journalist, a politician, you work for, you know, you you, you do really sensitive work, then your focus is going to be preventing um, uh, customs from 
accessing the uh, data on your device through a really strong password and through encrypting your device. Um, and if you read our story, we kind of explain your options to do that. If you're somebody like you just described where you're like, I just don't want this customs agent seeing my stuff, yeah. then your focus is going to be on managing the content on your device either through deleting stuff that's sensitive to you or moving it to a cloud service and making sure it's not stored on that device. And we're going to get into that nice handy list that you provide online in just a minute there, uh, Tatum. But I'm curious, isn't searching without a warrant, isn't that illegal? So um, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which is a uh, privacy advocacy organization, has represented people in court saying this violated my First and Fourth Amendment rights against inappropriate searches. Wow. How has uh, Customs and Border Protection responded to all this? Their response has, has, has been saying... Um, Basically, that these searches are legal and that they are doing them with um, guardrails in place to make sure that these searches are not um, inappropriately intrusive or random. And um, I think privacy advocates are, are pushing back there and saying that there needs to be so many more guardrails in place, particularly better tracking of when these searches happen. And then later, when the information is accessed in this central database available to thousands of CPB employees without a warrant. Mm -hmm. They're basically saying we can run these advanced searches if, if we suspect that you pose any kind of national security threat or concern, we're going to do what we need to do is essentially what they're saying, it seems. Right. Or um, as one um, EFF lawyer pointed out, if someone in your network uh, did something, is suspected of doing something illegal. The example, and this is a hypothetical, of course, so um, keep that in mind, but the example she gave was, what if you have a business associate who's under investigation for um, you know, tax evasion? Um, the, the current rules make it seem as if your devices you know, could be could be searched or accessed for that purpose. Really? So just for people in your network? Interesting. Um, and because those contact, those um, contact logs, um, any social media information that ended up in, um, you know, captured in those searches does reveal our social networks, which is valuable information right. and um, in, in many people's opinion, worth protecting. So the question that we've all been waiting for, Tatum, what can we do then to, to protect our devices from, from this kind of search? Just walk us through the options you've, you've laid out here. So if you're someone who is um, not wanting to share the data on your device in this context, um, your focus is going to be on, you know, declining to unlock your device if you're asked. So that means that it's not locked with your face. It's not locked with your thumbprint. And it's not locked with an easily guessable four-digit numerical passcode. You have some sort of six-digit, eight-digit passcode, or an alphanumerical password. Um, if you're an American citizen, you're allowed to decline to unlock your device. It will likely be confiscated and then mailed back to you. Mm. Um, but you still have a right to enter the country. If you're so, a non-citizen, so you don't have that citizen. same leeway. I see. So only if you're a citizen can you say, no, I'm not going to unlock my phone. Exactly. Interesting. What else? 
Um, in that case, if your device is confiscated, you're going to want the um, content of your device to be encrypted. That means it's scrambled and it's not readable to anyone without the code. If you have a contemporary smartphone, that's probably already turned on if your phone is password protected. If you're using a laptop, um, we have directions on how you can turn on encryption for that data. Mm-hmm. Set a strong password, you said. And the airplane mode requirement, you said that uh, they should already have put your phone in airplane mode? Yeah, yeah. And and um, I should add that if you're someone where you're like, you know, I really don't want this rigmarole of declining to unlock my device, yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just make sure what's on my device isn't embarrassing or sensitive for me. Um, you can put things in a hidden folder, in a password-protected folder. There are apps that give you, um, that give you password-protected folders. Um, you can delete things from your device. You can send it to the cloud. You have a lot of options just to make sure that those photos, those texts that you really don't want someone scrolling past aren't sitting there for them. Also, you can consider where you enter the country. Can you talk about that, Tatum? Yes, yeah, so different um, different chunks of the country actually have different rules for CPB or Customs and Border Patrol around this. So, for example, if you fly into Arizona or California, um, customs agents are only allowed to search your phone if they're looking for specific digital contraband, such as um, child abuse material. So um, it's interesting that depending on where you reenter, you could have a wildly different experience. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. I'm also thinking back to our, our talk of you know, unlocking or not unlocking your phone. It's like if I decline and they're just unable to access my device, then what? Do they just give up and say, okay, you can go now? Well, they, um, ac- according to CPV's documents and, you know, the reports from people who have encountered this, uh, they, they'll hold on to your device, uh, presumably for the purpose of trying to unlock it themselves, thus the the, you know, um, six-digit or alphanumerical password and, uh, and full device encryption. So the um, CPB documentation says that they'll, they can hold on to your device for about five days. But um, the EFF lawyer told me that she's, you know, talked with people who didn't get their devices back for months. So keep in mind that, you know, it is no small inconvenience to walk out of an airport without your cell phone, for example. Absolutely. Any surprises for you along the way in reporting this one, Tatum? Because I know the original, I mean, the fact that they're surveilling in this way, that was not news, but it was the expansion, right? And and the fact that this is being done without a warrant, correct? Yeah, yeah. And my colleague, Drew Harwell, um, you know, kind of broke these new details um, that, you know, that, that bubbled up regarding that central database that's searchable without a warrant. I right. think that privacy advocates, um, have been surprised by uh, not only the scope but the messiness here, um, and that. And I think that that's. Uh, I'll I'll finish by saying what I always say, where you know the companies and the and the organizations, and in this case the agencies that are compiling information about us, um, you know they're not they're not foolproof, and they um, do not have your data as secure as they pretend to. Mm. We'll leave it there. Tatum Hunter is a tech writer for The Washington Post. Thank you for joining us, Tatum. Thank you.